Welcome to Mustang Open Mic. The city of Mustang is highlighted, explored, and celebrated. A podcast discovering the vision of the city through inspiring conversation with Mustang leaders. And now your host, James Wall. Welcome to Mustang Open Mic, a podcast for Mustang about Mustang. My guest today, Mustang High School theater teacher and competitive speech coach and director of Shrek the Musical coming here February 22nd through the 26th, Miss Emily Farnham. Emily, glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you're kind of a legend around here. <laughs> a legend? <laughs> yes. I don't I, know about that. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I mean, all the students that are here at the church where I serve, are high, they highly respect you. And uh, also, I've heard from your peers that they love you as well. But you also have put fear into many of the parents as well. So that's great. <laughs> so. So you've become quite a legend here. Fear. Okay, great. Well, I don't know if it's fear. Healthy respect. Healthy respect. I like to think of it like electricity. And this is actually a conversation that my husband and I have had because we're both teachers actually at the high school. And, um, yeah, I want to be respected like electricity, you know, like I'm here to serve. I'm here to use and help you be your best and shine light on situations and things. But... You know, if you if you use it incorrectly, then it can zap. It can zap. Yeah. That's exactly, so that's that's, that's how I see it. That's very good. I like that analogy yeah. very, very well. So before we talk about Shrek, because mm-hmm. that's really why I have you here, uh, give us a little background on what led you to teaching theater and speech. Well, my journey started basically in second grade, and I was uh, attending school at Newcastle, which is about 20, 30 minutes away from here. And in second grade, I went to the high school to see a show that the high schoolers were putting on. And the only thought that I have, and and I remember, you know, a couple of pictures in my brain, but I remember thinking, I want to do that when I get bigger. And so I grew up thinking that I was going to be a dentist, Okay. And but I was going to be a different type of dentist. I was going to sing and you know have fun because people are scared of dentists, but right. I was going to be a different one, right? And perform right. for them, make them have an enjoyable experience. But then I got into high school and um, I attended Bridge Creek High School, which is also uh, about that same time frame from here. And they offered a theater program there. So I enrolled in it because I'd always kind of like performing and different things. And so I enrolled in that class and I don't know, I think the the love and the interest that my teacher took in me and like actually mm. saw me and all of that. And my mom is a teacher as well. Um, but I just thought I really, I really want to give this to somebody else. And I also really like this art form. So I changed my brain and uh, changed my path when I was 14 as a freshman, and I decided, okay, I want to go teach. And at the time, I thought, well, maybe I want to coach basketball because I also did that as well. Maybe I want to coach basketball and do social social studies or um, teach theater. And um, I got some scholarships, and I was the mascot for my college at UCO and lots of different things and lots of different shows. And, I mean, I just knew that theater was what I wanted to do. And the interesting part is that when I was a young buck and I was hired, Mm. you know, 22, fresh out of college, and, like, I'm teaching these 18-year-olds, holy moly, um, 
I, I thought that I was just going to be teaching theater, but what I realized about five to seven years in was that's not really what I'm teaching. That's the medium through yes. which I'm teaching, right. but what I'm teaching is how to be a better human being and how to interact in a stronger way, a more positive way, and help people find their own path and discover who they were and have courage to, you know, talk to other people and and also give grace and mercy to other people as oh, well yeah, who are absolutely. who are just as scared and, you know, just mm. as eager to see and experience life, but that's really I feel what I'm teaching. So my label, my title is actually, you know, high school theater teacher right. whatever, but I don't I don't feel like that's what I am. I feel like I'm an investor in humanity. That's what I'm doing, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of my mission field. I mean, it, it is. That's where right, I get to work and grow every day. And and at the same time, um, you know, thanks to what I do and thanks to the students that I've had or that I do have, I feel like I become a better person. And I would argue, too, that my husband has helped me a lot with that, you know, being in the same profession and having the same right. conversations. So I—, I Again, at the end of the day, that's that's what I am. That's who I am, and that's how I got here. Well, and I can see that motivation in that what you're talking about, instill, instilling that in your students, come out in the students that are here. With I'll give you an example. So Wednesday night, after a Bible study that we had here at the church, um, I'm watching two of your Shrek performers actually doing dance steps. Well, another one is singing the song so that they can actually do that dance step. And they're just having a great time. Now, I don't know anybody that pulls out their algebra book and actually does that right. after a Bible study. And so I guess my question is, is how have you instilled that motivation into the students so that they, it's just like, man, this is awesome to get to do this and to have this. What? I don't know that there's any magic in it. I think it's just... I understand why I'm there, and I understand what my purpose is, Mm -hmm. and I understand what I do. And if I understand that, then the how becomes easier. And the junk that I have to do to make that happen is just part of the process. So it's just a hoop that I have to jump through to get to what I actually want to do. So I think the instilling, I guess, comes from the day-to-day, just nose to the pavement and working. And then I also think it's too... um, I feel like my job is to learn my client or to learn who I'm working with because everyone, as polished as they may be or whatever skill sets they bring to the table, everyone has something that they need to be working on or something that they could work on to be better. Sometimes that is a skill set related to theater. Other times it's learning how to be a better human being, like accountability and all those other things. So again, knowing that I'm preparing them for the world to come, I'm trying to enforce things or or see things, help them recognize what life is going to bring and the choices that they have and the power that they have in their choices. And that's, I don't know, a big view, I guess, but I I think that comes a lot from understanding why I do what I do. You actually said earlier that you got, you know, here you are at 22. Yeah. You jump in there with these 18-year-olds and you're, you're trying Young to... Young and dumb and young, eager. Yeah, yes. just go, I'm, I'm ready. But there was a 
transformation that happened over a few years. What was the greatest leadership lesson you learned in that period that helped you move from, or maybe the greatest lesson, maybe not just leadership okay. lesson. What's the greatest lesson That's you learned? That's easy. That's very easy. Okay. So I think it was a year six or year seven in teaching. And um, I had with a group of students that I had who were fantastic, we had made it to state in our one act competition. And I thought, my gosh, I've made it. This is fantastic. I'm hanging with these two people that I respect on the circuit. Like I have made it. I have arrived. And I remember calling my husband, you know, so excited. I remember, you know, the feelings and like the kids were crying and excited and we got third and it was just like, you know, right. we had won gold. And I texted my principal and I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And I remember I got on the bus and I kid you not, like five minutes on the bus, I felt the most empty, mm-hmm. hollow feeling. And I stared at that trophy and I looked at it and I had two thoughts. And the first was, I did all that for this? Yeah. And then the second was, well, now I'm going to have to dust it. <laughs> oh, and I just great. remember thinking, what is it for? And again, like I said, I thought I was teaching theater and I thought I was working for that bling. And the reality was I didn't get any more money. Right. I didn't get anything from it except greater expectations, mainly from myself and sure. from other people. And I thought, what is this for? And I didn't want to experience that again. Um, so I did some reflection and thought about really why I was there. And I realized that the greatest trophies, the ones that I don't have to dust, that are always shiny and clean, are those moments where I see students struggle with themselves or sometimes mm-hmm. with me, but they end up making a different and stronger choice next time. Right. Whether it's in their attitude, whether it's in how they treat other people, um, how they interact, how they no longer shake when they get up in front of mm. a performance, how when and I have students all the time that'll tell me, you know, thank good thank goodness we took your class because I ended up having to, you know, take the speech class in college or it gave me confidence for this. I don't think there there's not been anyone that I've heard, at least to my face, right? Um, right. Say say that they regretted um, taking the class. But I think it's to um, I talk to them in a real way and I see them and I call them out on their stuff because I'm my job is to help them sure. be better. And sometimes that's not what they want to hear, but it's what they need. So on that, and I'm going to go to Shrek just a little sure. bit. I know that the Shrek production is huge. It's it's massive. It's like three jobs in one for me, plus everything else that we do. Right. And But you're dealing with people who are from all different age groups. Sure. So what's your youngest in... My youngest is in second grade, and my oldest is 60-plus. Okay. So each of those require different kind of attention in correction and discipline. And and how do you you manage that when you're really geared on 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds? Is, does it just come naturally to you to? I to think do it that? has because I've I've polished those skills. I, I mean, I've worked a lot at different children's camps and things, and I've um, you know taught a college class and other things, and just okay. working with people. But people are people. It doesn't matter what size they are, what shape. You know how old, young they all are the same. Which I think, again, as a student of humanity, which is right. what I am as a thespian or a theater goer. Um, 
we're all the same. Um, and again, I think my job is to know what the show needs and it's part of the, in the casting, like seeing what skills, the good thing about educational theater is that I kind of know most of my crop, the, right. the struggle that comes from me or with me in this particular, um, musical and and just when we do these big district things is I get a lot of different people that I've never worked with before but it's just I have to figure it out and so I I I don't know it's just skill sets that I've developed right. so sure. my job is to figure out who you are what you need what the show needs and help help do that and again I I probably slow play the process compared to some of my other peers on the circuit, mm -hmm. but I would rather work slow and um, be diligent and teach them how to think about the process sure. and grow those ideas and those those mindsets versus, well, let's just get on stage and move. And I think that's where a lot of people misstep. They get on stage and they move and they drill and they drill, but there's no content right. to sure. it. And I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm in it for the long term. Yep. So they need. I, I, it's more important for me that they know how how to think. And that's that's really good because if you know that, it makes you a better person. Absolutely. Well. well, and the next time, the cool thing is, like in this particular production, I have kids that were with me when they were in second grade, and now they're in fourth grade, and now wow. for the sixth grade. And then I have people that are now in my class as freshmen that have been in the previous oh, ones. So yeah. it's really cool. I'm literally getting to see some of these kids grow up. Yeah, that is wonderful. So, well, counting, so counting everybody in this performance, because I know they're huge. I mean, and when I'm talking about counting everybody, I'm talking about parents who are making the meals to advertising to makeup to custodial help how many do you think in this musical alone do you touch people number with this play i'm gonna say close to 200 we have 140 staff cast crew slash musicians um so that's just people directly working in rehearsals right and then with parents, I mean, the parents have been extremely supportive and invested in this opportunity for their kids and for the school. So I'm going to say, I don't know, 140 times, you know, times one that, or two. Right. Um, plus, the cool thing is, and, and again, you'll read it in the program, but I like to outsource some of our items like props and some of the lobby decor to elementary schools, middle schools, um, oh, intermediate centers. Like I contact the art teachers in the district and I mm -hmm. propose ideas. And I've done this ever, ever since we started um, because that's a skill set that is part of this um, theater umbrella. Sure. And so, again, the more skills they can acquire, plus that's the connection point for them. And it showcases what they're doing. So we actually have... Um, several schools, both intermediate centers and elementary school, and of course our high school students that are helping do projects. So plus them, um, plus other people that uh, I'll have to request help from to help be like our ticket masters sure. and other things. So I'm going to say 200 easy. Easy, if not more. Plus. Yeah, wow. Just directly, directly involved in it. Okay, so the auditorium where you perform this mm -hmm. is was built in nineteen what? Seventy one, yeah. Seventy one. And February fourteenth, there's a big bond issue. Yes. That's gonna really help the fine arts I mean, department. Sure. Not just theater, but also band and sure. many other fine arts. So 
uh, and I know you're looking forward to that new 62,000 square foot performing arts center. What If you're talking to listeners out there who don't know about this, tell us how important that is to your program and the community as well. Well, basically what we're working with, our existing facility is at best a 3A elementary school facility. Wow. It is. And with the renovations that happened a few years ago, while it changed the seating and brought everything up to code and it got us a little bit more equipment, we're still working with antiquated or old equipment. So what that does is it minimizes student opportunities. So because of our system, we don't have a fly system where we can raise and lower fabric, you know, that's painted. Mm -hmm. We can't do that with the lights. Um, that means that one of us as a staff member has to get up and change all the lights because we legally can't put the kids up right. in the genie lift and things. Um, so it minimizes all of those tech opportunities because we don't have a scene shop. We're kicked out every time any assembly happens, so we lose class time all the time. It's a district shared facility, so we'll have we're basically rehearsing and performing and on top of each other. Which the great part of that it has been we in the fine arts have developed a really great system of communication. We are very open and very eager to help accommodate each other because we understand the struggles. So we are very rare when it comes to 6A fine arts teachers. Right. There, I would argue that, and knowing what I know about 6A, um, there are not a lot of, there's no place like Mustang for right. for what we do and how we work for the continuity um, for the continuity across. absolutely yeah. um but for us if if we were to have a PAC, then it would open up a lot of possibilities because there are simply just shows that I can't do or that we can't do. We can't even accommodate the band, um, right. you know, because of how large sure. it is. So not only would it better serve our students in types of or in terms of types of performances we could actually do, it would it would um, help students and staff grow in our skill sets. And the thing is I, that I'm really proud of, the fact that we and all of our fine arts, even though we have a facility that doesn't accommodate our needs anymore, sure. we are still hanging with everybody else and we're still winning state right. and still doing all of those things with not as many toys and not as great of a facility. And we are proud of what we've done and we're... We, have been happy to live in that space, but the hope is that we could actually have something that really accommodates what we can do and what we need to be able to do. And unfortunately, we've just outgrown the space. Yeah. So get out and vote. Yeah, absolutely. Go vote February 14th. We would love for you to do that. (laughs) Exactly. So when you're thinking about just your... um, that performance on Shrek. Tell us a little bit about Shrek and tell us what you're, what we're going to expect when we come and, and actually for performance. Well, my hope is that you are transported into the world and that you not only enjoy the story, but that you see the caliber of students that we have and the, the time and the love and the dedication. And I hope that you see that they're they're thinking and they're doing and they're excited about the different art forms that are inherent in a musical. Um, my hope is that you have fun. My hope is that you want to come to other shows. My hope is that you want to 
encourage people that you know that can be in the fine arts programs within our school system to pursue that and try it out. Um, that, I guess, would be my, my hope. And again, it's so impressive to me that we have students who are the musicians and right. we, like students are doing everything there and we build them up within the program to, sure. to make sure that they do it. Because again, we've, we've discussed multiple times. It's not what we as teachers know, it's what they know and right. how they can apply that information. And so again, they're doing lots of different things, graphic designs for the program, um, Again, a lot of the designs that you'll see on the stage, um, many of them are learning dances and music mm-hmm. for the first time, but they're loving it. Many of them, like some of our leads, have never acted before. So wow. it's just everybody is learning skill sets. So that to me is pretty impressive. So how many performances will you do in those We will do a total of six performances. We'll have three matinees. The first will start on February 22nd. And so we're opening that to like the middle schools, the intermediate schools, and then the elementary schools. And we even have some outside people uh, at other elementary schools that want to come. So we'll open that up. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings, we'll have evening shows. And the Friday evening is a special one because that's when we have like our black tie night. So we encourage people to dress up and the ticket is about $5 more per ticket, but we have our food planning and um, preparation class. They are the ones that create a menu and they have little hors d'oeuvres and either that adds even more involved. I forgot about them. Sorry. We also, Oh, I am also thinking of others. We have ROTC and NHS that have volunteered to be ushers. Oh wow! So again, we're, it's pretty Mm -hmm. inclusive. We try to include as many possibilities as we, as we can. Um, So, yeah, we have evening shows that Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7 o'clock, and then we have uh, two other matinees on Thursday and Friday during the school day for our high school students and, again, other schools within the district that would possibly want to come. So we've got a lot. And then... I hope that there's no weather issue, and if right. there is, we'll have to adjust, which is why the 26th is a possibility. It's a possibility, okay. Yeah, but That's hopefully Sunday we'll just— do an afternoon, possibly, yeah. matinee, if, yeah. if need be. Because right. last time when we did Annie, we had to uh, lose a performance because of the oh. ice and stuff. And that really hurts because— Because I've already paid for that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also got some students who are kind of doubling up on parts. Right. So uh, trying to allocate— Equally, like right, it it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And so let's pray for no ice. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, good weather. Good weather yeah. during so, that time. So how do we uh, get tickets? Where do we go to get those? Well, you're actually we. I've been working in my spare time on building a website. You have spare time. Yes, yes. Um, we're going to do an online ticket option, which is a lot like Ticketmaster or whatever. It's called Show Clicks. So you'll see posters in the community very, very soon. I actually get those today. Um, And so they'll be starting to be displayed. And of course, I'll send out bat signals to all the publicity sources and things. But you'll go to that website. We will have an option to buy at the box office, but it will be a little bit, I think it's like $2 more at the box office. Um, But it's on a website called showclicks.com. And so Again, we'll send that out here in a little while. Okay, six performances, showclicks.com to get that information. That sounds great. Okay, so I don't want to go too long 
because I know you have to get back to school. Yeah, I have today. to teach sometimes. You have to teach sometimes amidst <laughs> all this stuff. So uh, what one question should I have asked you that I didn't? Oh, no. And what would that be and what would you answer? Oh, goodness. That's a tough one. I think you covered your bases pretty well. I guess I would just say that I'm proud. I I don't know that there's a question, but I guess I would just like to say that I'm really proud to be in this community and to live in this community. I feel like our administration at every level has been really, really supportive of everything that we've done and everything that we are wanting to do. And so I feel a lot of love and, and healthy support in that. And I can't, I can't, I brag enough about that part of it. The other thing that I'd like to say is, again, I'm just really proud of the people that I'm working with on a day-to-day basis, but also specifically for Shrek. I mean, they are great individuals. And like I said, that personal growth individually and collectively Mm -hmm. is is why I'm there. It's why we do this. It's about the opportunity for them. And... I'm really grateful to live in a community that I feel has the best of both worlds because Mustang, I don't know if you've discovered, is kind of a strange anomaly. It's a beautiful blend of small town feel and lots of opportunity, but also big city living and convenience and everything. So it's just a strange, wonderful place. And again, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. It's a great town. I, I love it's it. Wonderful. I love it, and I'm glad. I mean, my son, he goes to the school. He goes to um, trails, and I, again, I as a parent, as a a staff member, as just a member in the community, I I don't want to live anywhere else. So. I, I'm growing to love it. I've only been here a short time, but I'm growing to love it. Yeah. So it's great. So okay, lightning round. Sure. Okay, here's the lightning sure. round. Excluding Shrek. Okay, sure. Excluding Shrek, name the favorite musical you've directed in Mustang. Jeez. Oh. That's a tough one because there are so many good ones. Um, I'm going to say probably a big game changer one was the first one that I did, Oklahoma, because that was the very first musical I directed. Okay. and. Um, I learned a lot, mostly about what not to do. <laughs> and so that one has stuck with me, like not repeating. Right. Don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's your most memorable one. Yes. Most memorable. Yeah. <laughs> not your favorite not, one. Yeah. I oh, mean, Shrek so is. far has been my my favorite. Yeah. Well, I knew that you would answer sure. that if I had sure. not excluded that. So, Okay. So your worst and most embarrassing performance as a student. Oh, God. Um, as a student, I would say was it was a time that um, I I broke character in college. Um, we were doing a show called um, Laughter on the Twenty Third Floor, which is a Neil Simon production, okay. which is you know very funny. Right, and it was about the writers in the show. So I mean, it was based upon reality because he wrote for the Sid Caesar mm-hmm. show and a lot of different things. And there's this line, um, one of these characters, um, he's supposed to fart. Like he's, 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 uh, he is 
hypochondriac and he's just talking about his chest pain and all this right. other stuff. He's just this obnoxious character named Ira. And so Ira's going on and on and on. And like, I kid you not, the actor literally farted on cue <laughs> for our very last show. And guess who had the first line after Afterwards that? He did. It was, un- I was just in shock. And we, so we just laughed and had a good time. So that was, that was definitely the most memorable. And then, of course, I was embarrassed because I broke. But, I mean, it kind of made sense. It but did. it just, oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's hilarious. It was a fun memory. That, that's it was a hilarious. very fun memory. So of your speech competition, mm-hmm. all those competitions that are there, which one would you say, I know I have to teach my students this, but I would not like to do this? I don't really think there's anything. Okay. There's really, there's really not. I mean, and I did speech tournaments and things mm-hmm. all through high school and through college too. So I don't know. I if I wouldn't like to do it, then I probably shouldn't choose that as an it's option. True. And the other thing is, I hope that um, students see like a willingness to continue to learn. That's why I play banjo now because mm. I have always wanted to do it, and I right. thought, well. If not now, when? when? So I did, yeah. So if you had to, if you had to trade places with a working actress in Hollywood today, Mm. who would it be? I would say I really, really um, like Kate Blanchett. She's probably one of my top ones. Okay. What performance did you, that you just go, man. For her? Yeah. Of hers. Really, anything she's been in. She's pretty good. I mean, she's fantastic. The way that she can transform herself Mm -hmm. and do, I don't know, perform these really strong, unique women. Right. Yeah. So I love her ability to morph and change. Great. So, and I think I've already asked you this, but what's the greatest lesson you've learned in the theater? That it's not about just me. It's about us. It's more the team. It's about all of us because we're only as strong or as good as our weakest link. And if we're all not invested and all not trying and not giving and doing and being, then it's for nothing. So I think it's about us. And I love that idea because... In most things, it's about us and not about you or about me. Right. Well, you've got to take care of you and do your job so we can have the us. Right. Um, But we also have those moments of weakness or we need need a little dose of strength or courage or sometimes, again, the tough love of Mm -hmm. electricity or whatever (laughs) to to redirect. But that's it. It's about us working together. Well, Emily, thank you for being here. I've just... Talking to you, I can feel how you have such a love for the students that you teach. And I really appreciate that. I see it in the children here and even in the adults that are afraid of you. Intimidating, maybe, in some ways. Who knows? And for our listeners, uh, tell a friend about Mustang Open Mic. The podcast can be found on iTunes or at our website at mustangopenmic.com. This is James Wall, your host. Join us next week for an interview with Renee Pierman, the Executive Director for the Chamber of Commerce. Until then, have a blessed day.